The following show will contain spoilers, but trust us, you'll want to hear about it anyway. What is this, Brave, Move these people back. Welcome to Subversive Cinema. Oh my god! I never forget a face, especially if I've sat on it. Hey everybody, welcome to the show. Your host, Art Hall, here to be the wrangler, the weird, the purveyor, the peculiar, and the diplomat of the disturbing. We talk about all these films, the weird, the wacky, and the downright wrong entries in the history of cinema. And what I find that makes each of these movies their own thing is what I call the subversive sauce. So we're going to go through that and we're going to figure out how these different ingredients all add up to make that delicious sauce to talk about a truly unique movie this time around this is 2006's taxidermia directed by and i am going to slaughter all these names because these this is a hungarian film uh georgi palif i believe and palfi there you go and and my uh my off-screen corrector there is my guest and old 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 friend who is now a cinemaphile in his own right jan david Suter. how you doing man I'm good, man. I'm really good. It's been a minute. I'm excited to be on this. This is a great, weird, crazy film. Oh, yes, it is. Let me. So you have not seen this before. I had not seen this before. I uh, I watched it for the first time about uh, two weeks ago and then the second time about a week ago. And then I've been kind of like analyzing it ever since because I'm a nerd for film. Nice. So are you happy that I made you watch it? I'm actually really, really, really happy that you made this, uh, made me watch this film. I had never even heard of this film and it gave me, you know, it, it, there's a lot of, there's a lot of real beauty in this film. Absolutely. I mean, this, the, there's, there's been quite a bit of it called out, especially the cinematography and, and just the themes and everything, but we'll get into that. So first let's talk a bit about characters. Um, did any character stand out to you in particular and why? Oh man, there was a few. Um, well, first of all, like uh, the, you're introduced to uh, the, the first character. Let me get back to my notes here. Moros uh, Govani. So Moros Govani is like the, really the first person you see um, he was such an interesting, like, kind of dope. Um, you know, he's, he's a very kind of like Russian, un, uh, poorly educated dope that, like, you know, uh, has clearly has his own set of hangups. The lieutenant that uh, is in charge of him, because he's, he's a Russian soldier, was really, really like. There's a lot to uncompress, uh, unpack rather there. And then um, yeah, there's there's really like the father, the son that is born out of that relationship which is a whole different discussion. Like what is it even is it? There's a lot. There's a lot. Yeah. No, it's got, it's kind of hard to pin. I mean, it really is. You're, you're right on. It was, uh, I mean, everything from even, I found the, the mother, uh, the, the one, the woman that he marries, the, the, the speeding champion. Mm-hmm. Like she was a really interesting character. She was like, uh, before I get ahead of myself on this, she was honestly, to me, the most human <laughs> of everybody it's very much so that's but why I, I think like it, her she really stood out in that way it was really like whoo she was kind of like the, the 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 bastion of normal in the sea of weird but i want to go back to moros and talk about there's something i mean he's just this 
it, it's very easy for people to reduce him down to just a pervert when I think he is this dude who's just got such a bad, bad lot in life and this terrible hand he's been dealt. He's dealing with this, this lieutenant boss who's a total cock. And he's this, this lonely man relegated to live in a shed next to the outhouse. And mm-hmm. I mean, he's just, look, he's so devoid of, of contact and warmth that the, the, the slight heat from a candle flame is all that that he can play with you know the idea that he almost kisses it that he lets it feel against his skin it's like that's the only sense of warmth he gets and the pig that he cuddles that he sings to see that's i i totally i I, what i got from the flame was almost more that he was using it as like a a form of penance Mm -hmm. like the um as like, like he a was self-flagellation thing yes exactly like a self-flagellation thing i thought that was really it i mean he's one of the almost one of the opening scenes is him masturbating and then like his his penis starts like erupting fire like That's flames right. come he's, out of it right yeah he's got a flame throwing cock it's amazing he's got a flame throwing penis it's uh, like you literally are using your wiener to cook a wiener it's amazing like you could do that but like it's i i found that like the the candle was really interesting like he was trying to even sip it into his yeah. mouth like he was trying to like consume it which was really interesting um, also, but I, you know, I almost yeah, sorry. I was just gonna say, like, I, for me, I was like, it, because of the way like, how close he, how he, like, at the beginning, he tried to like put it close to his skin and his nipples to like really like burn himself. That to me found like a, a film of like self-flagellation, as you said. It's a. I like you know, just speaking of cocks, um, when there was this most epic cock fight I've ever seen. Oh my god! Literally, you know, a dick versus a pecking rooster. Um, oh my gosh! That was, that's such a great scene. It is because it takes its time in setting it up that you see him watching these two daughters who are of age, for those out there wondering, this is not a Serbian film. This is a very different movie. Um, and he he's lubing up, I guess, with some sort of uh, animal lard or something. This, this Yeah, that's what it looked like. A, it was like a, it was like fabric and animal lard. Yeah, and he was, uh, basically... he lines it. It's like their whole process. So he's clearly done this before. It's not like this is his first time at trying to engineer this. Yeah this totally. this uh salve of solitude and uh it does not work out very well this poor guy every time he takes his dick out it gets him in trouble which brings us to one of the most strange and and not entirely clear and now you said you did some research so maybe you found somewhere in this but he has this seemingly real encounter but fantasy but maybe it's a blend of fantasy with memory where he ends up banging the lieutenant's wife in a fairly graphic manner but who turns out who is in reality like a pig but it's in reality the slaughtered pig who was his favorite you know his little friend and he but you know while he's like banging her he's imagining the daughters and then the pig and -hmm. then all of a sudden she's pregnant so it begs the question of is this some sort of weird immaculate conception with a pigtail the child has a pigtail pigtail it's cut off that's right. So then how does this like what like, you know, that's does, that's the that's thing. The it's the magical like, realism of this moment. Yeah. Right. Like he was literally fantasizing. Here's the way I looked at it. Like he was fantasizing so hard about all of these women, but specifically this one large, you know, the lieutenant's wife who was a, a larger woman. And that's like she gets pregnant. And like, I don't know if it's his or if. Like somehow that magic got transferred. So their child had like a pig tail or whatever have you. But 
I thought it was, it's such an interesting bout of like magical realism that comes out of left field. It does. And what's interesting that we just said this, and now I realize, at first I didn't even connect the dots, but here it is, this child's born with a pigtail that gets snipped off. And then that child grows up to be a man who eats from troughs. Yes. <laughs> so, yes. And he still had, they show him like later he still has a in, nub. The, in, the, in the film, he still got the little tail nub. Yeah, Nobody was saying anything about it. It does help yeah, identify like, who he is because, you know, he's clearly a much bigger man and a different man. But, you know, I think it's safe to say that, honestly, just about every single person who shows up in this movie is absolutely interesting. Um, I don't think there's a single wasted character from the doctor who comes in with their very strange and uh, request for taxidermy at the end to every generation of these men. I can't think of a single character that when they stand up and open their mouth, they're there isn't something that they're bringing to this. So, I mean, just think about that lieutenant speech whenever he's chopping wood. Oh, yeah, about uh, his that, order of operations. Yeah, no, it's like, you know, I mean, he's, excuse my language here. I'm, I'm quoting from the, the subtitles of the film, but like he has some really, like, really interesting perspectives on the world. Um, I mean, one of his lines is, is there anything better than the cunt of a woman? Oh, well, you that's know, right. Just, and does the cunt of the woman make the, the world go round in, or whatever? The, yeah. Exactly. Which is an, an extremely interesting feminist point coming from a misogynistic perspective. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's like, what is it? And like, he's, he even says that like the poet's description of, you know, of a cunt is more glorious than the actual thing for him, which is like <laughs> such an chalice. interesting, it's like, it, it really is like the idea of, it's, it's really like, there's a philosopher named Schopenhauer and he wrote this book called The World as Will and Idea, right? And this is very Schopenhauerian. Like his idea of a thing is more interesting than the reality of it to, you know, anybody else. Or, you know, it, he's really kind of going that route of like, you know, my idea of this is always going to be better than what it really is. Mm -hmm. That's very Schopenhauer. And it's, yeah. it's, you can really kind of like see like a lot of that throughout. It's this this film's got a lot of German philosophy in it. Yeah. Believe it or well, not. that that's interesting though because that does make sense. So that so many things in life you can you can give it a different, more celestial whatever quality mm -hmm. uh, in words and in thought than when you actually see the thing itself. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about the thing itself, and by that I mean the story. All right, so let's just see in a nutshell. As we've been talking about, you got this guy, Morris Gavani, you know, he's working servitudely under this lieutenant who is eventually the namesake of the clan that comes afterwards. He knocks up his wife through some magical way. This child grows up to become this Hungarian speed eater, and he meets this woman at a match. They fall in love at their wedding day. His best friend fucks her and can and arguably bride sale <laughs> bride sale and arguably impregnates her so here he is raising a kid who's not even his and that kid ends up breaking the entire family tradition of being a very skinny boy who is an oddball and a taxidermist and he is now taking care of his father yeah he's very representative of nietzsche that kid the like it really that's what i'm saying like it's really interesting like kind of german philosophy because like you have like Schopenhauer and then it jumps to Nietzsche Nietzsche was like very like you know very much like you know the kind of kid that you know the I can't think of his third the third guy's name what was it do you remember it oh the, um, the third guy yeah it's uh Lohaska Lajaska oh yeah Lajaska yeah um so like 
he's Lajuska, like, you know, is very representative of the, you know, continuing self-flagellation and like the feminization that Nietzsche kind of Nietzsche kind of brought to like all of that. Basically, you know, trying to make himself into something permanently art, right? Mm -hmm. Something more permanent. And yeah, like it's such an interesting story talking about like this these generations in Hungary. Something I was reading about this was that it could just be this entire look at, you know, 70 years of oppression in the country. And it's like, and, you know, mm -hmm. the story takes place roughly over 70 years from World War II all the way to modern time. As Jan mentioned, you know, there was a final taxidermy of oneself at the end, which, by the way, that was a pretty, pretty ingenious mechanism they oh, came up with there. So, <laughs> it's so smart. It's, it's so such a crazy, smart. crazy, interesting approach. Um, and, you know, that sequence is, I mean, there's actually, there, there's so many sequences in this movie that are just a delight to watch. Obviously, one that you can find a clip anywhere on YouTube, which is the entire circle of life, the transition around the tub, which is, you know, for this house, it's like clearly this centerpiece tool that is used for many, many things. And it just shows how life revolves around this one piece of furniture and how its utility, you know, covers everything in this particular time in this particular part of the world, all the way to that entire last sequence, which is the self-taxidermying, which was shot just enough so you 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 get what's happening but it's like it's i don't know it's just very artistic and very clinical which i really liked it wasn't sensational yeah i i really love the um the, the there's some really traditional techniques being used here from a cinematic standpoint for example um the use of montage uh is effectively used throughout this thing but more interesting like he really does an interesting job of like a kuleshov effect meaning that like you're seeing a person's you know expression in you know looking at something and then the next moment it shows you something else and then it goes back to that person and you're just assuming that what they're seeing is the thing that you're seeing mm -hmm. and i think that the director does a really good job of like turning that on its head in the self-taxidermying moments whenever you see like something is being operated on but there's still this disconnect where like it can't be that he's doing this on himself he still must be doing this on something else i don't know that i believe that it's on him yeah <laughs> yeah you only get that introduction of him using that mirror at the beginning and the back end of it and then you get this wonderful series of, you know, the the dialysis machine or the, the breathing machine or the artificial heart. Yeah, it's interesting. So, uh, OK, so in a, in a nutshell, would you say that the story makes sense? Uh, I mean, it made sense to me. Um, I would say that it's it's not traditional in any way, shape or form. Sure. Um, uh, but it made sense to me. I understood like kind of what he was trying to get at, what he was, what, or at least like from my perspective, I mean, he, I might have a conversation with the director and he's like, no, you've got to go wrong. <laughs> but, um, but uh, for me, it was, you don't understand. Yes, you, you don't understand. Get out of my country. Um, but I, I really think that like, basically this is a film about three different generations, none of which are really, are only partially connected. Um, and the connections they do have are, essentially like not really it, like it's they're very strained they're very oppressed uh even in their own comfortable ways um do you ever yeah, feel was, that there was uh, any sins of the father sort of stuff going on very much so yeah absolutely um that's a that's a great point like the you could see the sins from like both sides of the father neither side whether the the, the person who impregnated the the person 
was or was not the father. Neither one is a really solid choice. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you have uh, this this poor guy who, again, lives outside of the shitter, or then you have this really abusive um, and demoralizing lieutenant. If I may, speaking on that, I thought it was a really poignant moment whenever, like, the... Um, the uh the mother the woman um uh i'm trying to remember uh you mean the, the primary one the very the lieutenant's wife yeah uh gizzi gizzi mm. uh oh, oh the one he married um yeah yeah, yeah. the, the so second gizzi generation name yeah, yeah. gizzi um whenever she's getting like you know fucked at their wedding yeah. by like his best man at the end of the scene, like as it, you just see through the curtain, she's got one hand up and she's looking lovingly at her husband. And yeah. then whenever they find out they're pregnant, like it's, they are very, very happy. Yeah. It's a really romantic period and it doesn't change until the, the Russian boat comes and they have to start eating again for yeah. like Soviet Russia. And that, you know, the light changes back to that yellow fluorescent ugly color. But whenever they're together, it's a really beautiful thing. And I thought that that was... It was such an interesting second act there for that, you know, yeah. like it really, it really was quite fascinating to like kind of subvert what you thought it was going to happen. And then you see like this brief moment of happiness. It almost made it all more, the more heartbreaking. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's overall from, from front to back, you know, this being a story about family, sex, food, and vomit, uh, which this, this movie had probably just a hair oh more vomit gosh. than I think problem child too. Oh my um, god! Oh gosh! And that was that was incredible. Uh, but you know, <laughs> they kept they kept a, you know a bit of sweetness and all this throughout it. Um, competitive eating, it's it ain't for sissies. Um, I agree. I think the story makes sense. It's not your traditional. Um, I, I well, I guess in some ways it, it's not what most audiences, particularly U.S. audiences, would be used to. But look, mm. it has beginning, middle, and end, and it moves forward. It keeps going. And you see how one thing affects another. So in that sense, you know, bare bones, it works. Now, is it something that everybody would understand? Probably not. People would wonder, what the fuck did I just watch? You know? <laughs> yeah, totally. But at the same time, it's like, you know, it, it, even if you don't want to turn on that part of your brain that has to figure out and get every single reference and things, there's still so much about it that's just entertaining. Again, we've talked about the camera work and then we've talked about just these characters and how interesting they are. And I think that, again, and, and as you mentioned, the, the relationships are there. And albeit most of these relationships are pretty fractured, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, there's only really one solidly good relationship. And even that goes to shit because she leaves and then he becomes this really bitter old fuck who just grows into a couch and looks at old, or I guess he doesn't look at old. He's looking at new competitive eaters on TV and treats his son like shit in the third generation. Yeah, and hopping on top of that, like it, it was really interesting just to see like, first of all, the prosthetic that is done on the father uh, yeah. to be that obese is amazing. And then recreating that at the end for this art exhibit yeah. is just insane as well, especially, you know, the taxidermy, oh my, the cats, the cats coming out. Oh, the is cats. The, the cats do bear they, they they do actually you know what i think i need to rewind a bit to the first section and go back to characters and say those cats those are a standout those first oh of all, my god those yeah. were some big big They're fucking huge. cats they were the size of of i don't know not my dog yeah like size 60 of 50 pounds. 60 pound dogs and i love that he's locking them into this cage feeding him them nothing but margarine yeah. as like 
eating cats, competitive eating cats. Oh my gosh. It was, I mean, and then the son's attempt to make that into art. Like I, ah, it was, I will say also, speaking about cinematic, like, you know, prosthetics, things like that, something else that like subverted my expectations of what this film would be from the very beginning was the uh, the bath shot where the camera is going yeah. in a circle mm-hmm. above and like showing the like the life of a bathtub, a wooden bathtub. Yeah. And that to me, like, uh, you know, just completely let me know that whatever this world is, I'm going to be seeing multiple sides of it. And I'm going to be seeing a lot of different aspects of it. And I loved how that continuity of like subverting what my expectation was going to be cinematically, not just like story-wise, but really cinematically was, was a constant. I saw it in all three acts. So that was, that was really wonderful to see the, you know, the continuity there of like, you know, subverting my expectation as far as what I was going to see. Nice. And now want to move on to our third factor which is arguably always the funnest and we've already touched on some of these things um the wtf factor that's really what kind of kind of puts the icing on the on the fuck cake a bit here is you know uh, where where does one even start because this is interesting it's not consistently where every every five minutes there's like holy shit what was that moment but there's enough little ones that happen along the way that I think bear some some mentions. We already covered, you know, the fire flame dick and then the cockfight, you know, and um, vomit. So, oh, my gosh. Uh, yeah, like, I, I have to say that, like, first of all, the the flaming cock was hands down like, holy shit, what am I in for? Um, that was that was a great way of opening up the film um the uh the the what the fact factor kind of like reminded me of gaspar noe in carne mm-hmm. with um uh the uh and disembowelment of his favorite pig which oh, yeah. they wind up like the whole butcher you know, really sequence had, yep that was you know i was like okay all right it feels very gaspar noe in that regard um and also um like well let me go back to i said the bathtub that bathtub scene was just fantastic the 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 scene itself where like it's the question of whether or not Moscovani impregnates the lieutenant's wife or not you know you because you're seeing everybody's faces in that that's a female and you've already seen that the, the women don't want to give him any you know any you know interest whatsoever even the lieutenant's wife so whenever he's like basically humping this you know uh skinned pig that was once his friend and it becomes all these people like you know, that's, that's a really, really, really like, that was a what the fuck moment for me. I was like, what is going on? And then to have the child born with a pigtail, that pigtail, what great prosthetic work. Prosthetic work in this film was really, truly amazing. Yeah, I've, I've actually long tried to hunt online and I have yet to find any sort of definitive description of how they put together the end sequence of the self-taxidermy. Um, just cause it looks like they're using legitimate, I mean, they don't look like animal organs. Perhaps there are animal organs that are very similar to humans that they could use, mm-hmm. but you know, dude, this is, this movie was made in Europe. <laughs> the rules are different there. You know, you can yes. they kill an animal on camera. It happens, you know? Um, and you know, shit, uh, go even further East, you know, sometimes they'll use live, live rounds in the firearms when they're filming. I think they did that in, come and see 
it's like the rules are totally different. So I wonder maybe they go and they found a morgue and they said, Hey, you got a bucket full of innards we can use. I don't know. I'm very curious on how they did it because the fe- the effects are so good. It was really great. I really liked the contrast too, between like you really at the end, truly uh, another thing that was like kind of a, what the fuck. And it was, it has nothing to do with like, you know, anything graphic, just the choice of having everyone in this rich, white, elitist world where it's pure white, everything is white. There is nothing that has anything but white in the entire shot, uh, talking about how great this, you know, proletariat artist was. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and I thought that like that was a, that was like that wasn't something I expected to have happen. And at the end of this is like to have like such an interesting just commentary on classist you know views on art whenever it's you know the proletariat hurting itself right you know actually going back on that thing that we mentioned about the boat another thing that was just kind of what the hell's going on was the fact that you have this couple that i thought they were seemingly walking around you know the main couple in the the second uh generation and then Mm -hmm. they get summoned to the boat and then they get put on parade essentially yeah to eat totally kilos of caviar and she was already i believe if i understood the the discussion with the doctor she was supposed to be just eating vegetables or whatever because of the pregnancy you know yeah not having roe so uh that was something that was like there was a real interesting just i don't know a feeling of just demoralizing these people right then and there so yeah it's uh i love their little conversation like uh, uh, sorry i didn't mean to interrupt Mm -hmm. Um, I love their little conversation, like in that little steamer boiler oh, yeah. room on the boat. I thought that was a really sweet moment where they were trying to like, you know, be there for each other. I, I found that that was like, that also was kind of like, you know, threw me for a loop. And I, I really got to go back. You're right. Like she really was the most human out of all of those characters. Yeah. Yeah. Let's think about eating chocolate bars with the wrappers on. You ever tried oh, that? Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Right. Like the, that's commitment right there. That's. <laughs> That's commitment to laziness in a way that like, <laughs> oh man. It, so it, it makes me wonder about you know, reasonability, <laughs> right? Like what is, what is reasonability in a person? Like this is a person who is so driven to succeed when they're clearly not going to, they are clearly out, they are clearly like in a state where they can no longer and yet they in their mind are so still so driven to continue to punish their own body by not even taking the wrapper off of a chocolate bar. Yep. It's man. It's it's just magic. Something I found very interesting. I, I think I missed it before. I like how everybody's paying so much attention to this description and the speech. And there's one dude at the table, like getting some food, just cutting a piece of meat for himself. It's just like. This, it's such a weird, surrealistic, it's a wonderful tracking shot and this whole thing. Oh, man, it's... He was surrounded by all kinds of arms. He had dissembled himself. kept him in life, and that was what destroyed him. Then brought him to life again. I saw the mechanism spring into action. A szívéttartó kar. The arm holding his heart. A lüktető hús súlyától kifelé. And the weight of the pulsating flesh turn outwards. 
Aztán eléri a billenőzárat, amely oldja az addig visszafeszített pengét. Which in turn releases the blade drawn back so far. Abban a pillanatban vált el a fej a testétől. That was the moment his head came apart from his body. Csak egy pillanatra rá. And a moment later. Amíg egy perccel előbb dolgozó jobbkar. His right arm, working only a minute ago. Persze mindig vannak szépséghibák. Of course, there are always faults. It's that's what I mean. Like it's really like it really tries to subvert like whatever it is. Like you expect all these people to be motionless and like nothing to to be almost stoically, you know still and then there's that one guy like at the end and it's there's something to be said also about the attempt to you know uh mount to you know to mount something that can't really be mounted yeah exactly. you know uh he's trying to like he's trying to mount that feeling you feel the moment before death mm -hmm. with this art right he's trying to recreate like a kind of michelangelo michelangelo with the uh missing arm and the missing head for it through himself And he's trying to mount that feeling, that that uh, you know, that moment. And I, I you, man, what a what a crazy idea to think of. Yeah, it's incredibly unique. And I I remember seeing this movie years ago, and it never quite left me. So <laughs> I can see why Art. I can see why it, it has it going on. Well, before we wrap it up. So we talked about the subversive sauce. It's a completely arbitrary scale. This is really more for fun than anything. But exactly how subversive would you put this on a scale of one to 10? Uh, you know, in the past, we've given things like a talking cat, a two, while uh, pink flamingos or, you know, Serbian films around a 10. So mm. again, but this is all subjective. It doesn't matter. This is just for fun. Just out of curiosity, what do you think? On a scale of one to ten, how subversive was this film? Uh, Structure-wise, it it wasn't very subversive. It was done in a three acts, uh, three act structure. Aristotle would be very happy with this. Um, I can hear him from, clapping from beyond, um, like you do. And mm -hmm. then, uh, as far as cinematography, I'm going down the list in my head. I guess cinematography. I I would say that there was a lot of cinematography that really subverted. There's a lot of story that subverted. Um, a lot of maison scene. I would say that, like thinking about this, I would say it's a it's it's a good eight. I think it's like an eight on the subversive scale. It, it, going by the small sample that you've just given me, but um, I felt like my expectations during this film were constantly uh, just challenged. I, I, I never saw any of it coming. And that to me is like, you know, that's, that's a really, that's a really like well done story. Just whenever you can delay the suspense and also completely pull the rug out from whatever the suspense was supposed to be in the first place. Yeah, I would be inclined to agree. It's a, it's a pretty Ooh. saucy movie, yeah. Pretty saucy. You'll be licking the sauce off your fingers when you're done. It's a it's a good movie. It's a really good movie. I feel like I am a better filmmaker from seeing it. And hey, then that is the best we can do. Uh, Jan, I want to thank you for taking the time out to to watch this and talk about it with me. And also, it's been great catching up with you. Oh, my pleasure. My pleasure. We'll have to bring you back. And uh, next time, I will make sure I, uh, I sit you down with something that's probably not quite so artistic and something that's a little bit more, why did you make me watch that? <laughs>
Uh, no worries. And I'm, I'm, I appreciate your patience. I don't do a lot of podcasts. So I'm sorry if I like talked over or anything like that. That's my no. bad. I'm trying, to, hey. I'm trying to get better. Part of this is all about the fun. So there you have it, everybody. Taxidermia. Uh, it's a little tough to find. If you actually have a subscription on Prime Video channels, there's something called Here TV. You can see it that way. Uh, and if you scrounge around, you should be able to find the DVD. 2006 Taxidermia, Hungarian piece. It's just fantastic. So go out there, get subversive, and we'll catch you next time. If you enjoyed the show, make sure you leave us a review and a five-star rating at your preferred podcast provider. Tell a friend so they can check it out too. And follow us on Instagram at subversive underscore cinema for more content. Subversive cinema.